Good afternoon. This is Chris Newbold, Executive Vice President of Alps, and welcome to Alps in Brief podcast. Uh, I'm actually here uh, today in Missoula, Montana, July 19th, 2019, and I have a very special guest uh, here in our offices, uh, current ABA President and Butte Attorney, uh, Butte America Attorney, uh, Bob Carlson. Uh, Bob Carlson uh, is um, a former past president of the State Bar of Montana and is the second Montana to, Montana to ever hold the post of ABA president. And, and Bob, thank you for joining us today. Well, Chris, thanks for having me. And uh, just to tell your viewers, we just completed another successful Alps uh, leadership uh, retreat here in Missoula. I had bar leaders and executive directors from around the country. Uh, it was uh, inspirational as always, so thank you. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, Alps and, and our malpractice insurance, one of the strong partnerships that we enjoy is our relationship with state bars. And, and uh, Bob was actually one of, uh, back in his state bar days, uh, was a, a major force in, in, in the creation of Alps. And so we obviously appreciate uh, his, uh, his longtime support of Alps. Bob, let's talk, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, let's, let's talk one year ago today, right? So you were on the cusp of going into the annual meeting in which you were going to be sworn in as president of the ABA, right? Um, talk to, talk to our, our listeners about just kind of um, what you were thinking about as, you know, before you went into the post. Obviously, you've, you've went through a, you know, pretty long cycle of leadership positions in the ABA, but there's, there's probably nothing like kind of getting ready for the actual year itself. And so talk to us about your mindset, about what you were thinking about going into the year as ABA president. Well, a few things. First of all, we, uh, my predecessor, Hillary Bass, had, had uh, started some uh, programs that we were going to, we wanted the association to continue. Uh, going back a couple years before that with Linda Klein and uh, Paulette Brown, they had started some programs that, uh, as an association, we wanted to continue. What we didn't want to do is just start something new, uh, start a fresh initiative that was Bob Carlson's initiative. And yeah. I think that uh, Hillary had a similar mindset, and um, we had worked well together, uh, and uh, an issue that was very, very important uh, to both of us was attorney wellness and well-being. Uh, and we were bound and determined to continue to spread the message about the uh, the work that uh, the association and state and local bars were doing in that area. The second thing was to try to continue to spread the message about what the ABA and its Young Lawyers Division uh, does in the area of disaster relief and disaster resiliency. And in uh, the last two years, we've had disasters, significant, devastating disasters, whether it's hurricanes or tornadoes or wildfires or earthquakes uh, from the U.S. Virgin Islands to American Samoa. So literally one end of this country to the other. And we wanted to continue to uh, focus on, on that. Um, the immigration uh, was, a, was a critical uh, issue. The ABA has significant policy in this area to try to assist in making sure that, uh, number one, the children that were removed uh, from their families were reunited. We're still working on that. Number two, that unaccompanied minors 
uh, got a fair hearing and got as much representation, whether direct representation or pro bono representation that we could provide or at a minimum that they had been provided with some information about what their rights were and also to assist people seeking asylum. And we continue to work on that even though the landscape seems to change on a regular basis. Um, and finally, we were, we were rolling out a new uh, website and a new membership model. And I come from a very small firm in a rural state. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that we had Hillary and Judy and some other, Judy Perry Martinez, my successor, and others speaking for the larger firms. Hillary's firm was 2,000 lawyers. At the start of my year, we had five or six. We're, we're now three uh, due to a couple of tra uh, moves out of state of a couple of associates. Uh, but wanted to really show to uh, lawyers uh, in small firms around the country that the ABA was relevant to them and that was a great value in terms of making them a better practitioner, providing them the right tools they needed to assist their clients and to make it more affordable and accessible. And that's on the eve last uh, almost what is it, 49 weeks ago today? Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, that was the thought. And um, had a lot of uh, momentum going into the year from things that uh, my predecessors had done. And I think we've kept the momentum up and, uh, and moved, uh, moved the ball forward on a lot of areas. Yeah, and that's it's a really interesting thing to kind of note because I think uh, in the governance model of the ABA, it has been a little bit, you know, what's the president's initiative? And, and you know, best practices in nonprofit governance would tell you that, you know, there's, there's a strategic plan, right? And there's a vision of a board and the president is just the steward of the vision, right? As opposed to, and it seems like there's been a lot of progress with the last couple of leaders of the ABA in terms of executing a coherent, sustainable vision for the organization. And that's been the goal. Uh, I, I grew up uh, in the bar world uh, in the state bar Montana. And when I first became a member of the board, we were just starting, this is back in the 80s, we were just starting our strategic planning process. And when I became president, we were five, six years into that process and, and the presidents were moving things forward. A strategic plan keeps getting evolved every year. You look at it every year and you've done retreats, uh, mm -hmm. led retreats for the state bar and others that you know you what have you accomplished what needs more work what new issues have arisen on the landscape and the the legal profession is constantly evolving issues constantly evolve so you have to figure out a way to meet that um, most uh, of the state bars though don't have the turnover complete turnover in leadership that the aba does so you have a board at the aba that uh, rolls over completely is a new board every three years mm -hmm. uh, and we are trying to we have a strategic plan now for the board that Hillary uh, pushed through we have uh, done some reorganization internally but the mindset has to be at the top the leaders at the top have to say listen we support e we support the association moving forward this is not about the individuals that are the presidents this is about the association this is about the profession this is about the independence of the judiciary. What are we going and diversity and inclusion? And what are we going to do to move those things forward? And the way you do it is you, you sort of have a relay. It's not a sprint. It's not I'm going to do as much as I can in one year. It is confident in the knowledge that you keep moving 
the baton forward, that I took it from Hillary and I'm giving it to Judy and she's giving it to Patricia Rifo from Arizona and we're going to continue to move the association forward in a strategic way um, and in an organized way. And this gives you the flex, this allows you to meet the ongoing programs to continue to expand and work on programs, but also meet the new things that happen in every presidency, whether you're a state bar president or the president of the largest voluntary legal association in the world. Every year there's going to be something uh, that happens that it, or you're going to have to react to on behalf of your members and on behalf of the profession. Mm -hmm. So you have those expectations, right? You, 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 there's continuity in the goals. One year later, how, how do you feel like things have went? I actually feel really good. Uh, I, we have moved, uh, we've made uh, progress in a number of areas. And uh, I think the association as a whole is in, um, is, has strengthened. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a lot of things last year to strengthen it. We did a number more to strengthen it. And we are positioned to really have a very strong national association for the future. And I think for the listener, that's critically important to uh, the independence of the judiciary. It's critically important to due process and the rule of law that you have a national voice uh, for, it's not just for the legal profession, it's for pe vulnerable people and communities that we serve uh, to make sure that the message gets delivered, to make sure that the Constitution is protected. And I feel like we've we really, as an association, have made a lot of progress. And one area that we've made significant progress in is uh, the area of lawyer wellness and well-being. Um, thanks a lot, and no small part, to your work and assistance as the, well, the co-chair of the uh, ABA uh, Working Group on Lawyer Well-Being in the prof profession, and I'm sure I've totally messed up the title, but uh, it's... Um, you know, we have really created uh, a movement uh, that my, primarily my job is talking in as many groups as possible about the issues concerning lawyer well-being and lawyer wellness, whether it's a state bar or a local bar or law schools or meetings of managing partners or uh, to uh, regional bar associations, uh, not only how, what the ABA is doing, but what how we can partner with all the other stakeholders, including uh, companies like Alps, who write legal malpractice insurance uh, and have been big supporters of the organized bar since their, since Alps' inception. Um, so we, I feel really good. We created a pledge. Uh, we have for legal employers to talk about and think about lawyer wellness and well-being for their employees. We've got 120 legal employers that have signed up, uh, both law schools, in-house counsel. Uh, some of the largest law firms in the country, and then a small firm like myself. So it's not a, just for big firms. Everybody needs to, and it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's what can you do to make sure that the consciousness of the law firms and the employers are raised so that they are more aware of the issues that their employees are going through. So if somebody needs help, there's, they know the resources they can get to. Uh, the toolkit on lawyer well-being uh, with the 80 tips uh, nutshell that you can download on your phone. I mean, that's tremendous progress in an area where 
we needed something to say, listen, this is okay to talk about. It is okay to get help. It is a imperative that you get help. And we're trying to make sure that publicly every day, everywhere I've gone this year, to every audience, those words come out of my mouth. You, if you need help, we have the resources to get you help. Because to be a good lawyer, you need to be a healthy lawyer. Yeah, yeah. And how would you, you know, how would you characterize the state of attorney well-being right now? If you had to kind of step back and, and reflect a little bit, because you know, obviously we have a, we have a long way to go. The numbers are not favorable, right? And 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 but education and discussion and as you say the creation of a movement dedicated to the betterment of the profession is a is a noble direction for us to take it is and i i, I we've made progress uh i i do think we've made progress uh the conversations over the past year i i, I sort of lost track of the count but i think i uh, spoke in 17 18 19 law schools uh primarily on the topic of lawyer and law student well-being, uh, urging law schools to think about it. And there's a number of law schools that are doing great things. Uh, there's a number of law schools that within an hour after leaving the lunch with the students, they created a working group to discuss how they could do things in their law school, inclu which included faculty, interested faculty members and deans. Um, so I think the, 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 we've kept this as sort of a a fear thing for so long. People were afraid uh, that if they identified as having a problem, whether it's a mental disease problem, anxiety, depression, bipolar, whatever, or if it's um, a substance issue, they felt that if they sought help, that they'd have to report themselves and that they would be stigmatized and they would be uh, penalized for that, either in their admission to the law school or their admission to the bar. And so we increase the bandwidth of the stakeholders. We're, we have dis regular discussions with the Conference of Chief Justices. So the 50 Chief Justices from every state who can basically oversee the practice of law and the admission to law to practice in their states. We've had discussions in law schools. We have had discussions with managing partners of big firms, medium firms, and small firms. There was a national summit um, where educators, lawyers, uh, legal malpractice insurance companies got together to talk about how to um, how to move this uh, message forward. And I'd say the most important thing that we've done is we've talked about it every day. Yeah. And I think that's that's made a big it's made a big difference. The state there's a lot of things there's a lot of positive things that the legal profession is doing today. A lot of whether it's volunteering. Uh, for pro bono and disaster relief areas, whether it's volunteering to assist people seeking asylum at the border or in their communities, whether it's volunteering to help people with their veterans benefits or uh, the elderly, whether it's lobbying for legal service, adequate funding of the Legal Services Corporation or the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, all things that the profession is doing, the great things. Um, where those things provide you satisfaction as lawyers. Helping somebody pro bono for free provides satisfaction. So we're trying to provide as many opportunities to younger lawyers to do that as well as more seasoned lawyers like myself. And um, at the same time, it's, it's sort of an individual decision about how you want your life 
as a legal practitioner to unfold? Do you want to be a professor? Do you want to work in government? Do you want to be in a big firm or small firm? And when I talked in law school, since I come from a small firm and Hillary comes from a very large firm before me and Judy comes from a medium-sized firm, I make that analysis. Here's the three, here's the world's largest legal association. Here's three totally separate 2,000 lawyer firm from Miami, three to five lawyer firm at the time I started uh, from Butte, Montana, uh, a few hundred lawyers from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. That's pretty diverse uh, in terms of practice areas, in terms of scope. And you lay that out to people saying, these are things that you can do. You can choose to practice where you want. Mm -hmm. And you need to make part of that decision to make yourself uh, feel like you're giving back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in many respects, you know, the attorney well-being is a, is a one attorney at a time progression, right? And, and the more that we're raising the visibility of the issue, willing to have meaningful conversations, be vulnerable at times, right? And be able to look out for one another. Uh, it's amazing how much impact you can have, one lawyer can have on the people around them. Yeah, and I think for I think for a long time, people were either embarrassed or uh, didn't want to interfere. Uh, but if you look at it in terms of if you saw somebody that was stepping out in front of a bus, you know, you'd reach out and grab the person. Mm -hmm. um, and people that are suffering from either addiction or uh, anxiety, depression, other mental disease, that's that equivalent. And you have to take, you have to at least say something, be, a, be willing to raise the issue, not to embarrass them, not to make them demean them, to treat it as a part of society. This, these things are in society. Unfortunately, the legal profession has way higher averages of people suffering from these issues than the average population, mm -hmm. and way more than the other professions. And so we need to be able to speak up. And I think part of it historically was, oh, that was a sign of honor. To, uh, I could party hard and then still get up and go to work and be a great uh, lawyer. Or I, you know, I, I feel bad or so I'm not going to go help because that would make me seem weak. So I'm going to, you know, ignore it or self-medicate, which compounds the problem. And the more you can normalize this in terms of, or destigmatize it, the more you can say, this is part of life. We're here to help you. You need to get help. And we are not going to judge you when you do it. Yeah, yeah. and what, uh, one of the things that also I think is interesting is that you know, there, there seems to be more, more willingness as a society for us to talk about these issues, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you hear, Top forty songs talking about suicide hotline, you know hotlines, and and uh, and you see a lot more stars coming out and being more vulnerable about inflict, you know, things that are affecting them, um, and then you have generational change, right? And so yep. you know, talk about you know what what you see in terms of just you know you spend a lot of time in law schools. Um, I mean, I think the generational shift in terms of the millennials are soon going to be, you know, the, the majority of lawyers out there. Right and, and, and what that means in terms of the, the awareness of work-life balance, professional satisfaction, and, and a willingness to, to talk about these issues more openly and honestly. Yeah, I, I think the trend is, I think that 
I think we're seeing some positive results in uh, the more experienced, the baby boomer generation, being getting help and being willing to t talk about it. But I really do see a great hope for the profession uh, with the with our younger lawyers and with the law students come out because they are more willing to uh, seek help. They're more willing to seek fulfillment uh, in both their their day jobs, whatever they are, but also volunteering on issues of importance to them. And as an association, we're trying to provide as many opportunities for them as possible so they can volunteer their time and talents to the communities where they live. And I think that is going to pay dividends in terms of their self-fulfillment, their enjoyment of their job. Mm -hmm. uh, I've practiced law now for, I graduated 40 years ago. And uh, I, there's been some tough times. The practice of law is difficult, but I've always enjoyed doing this. I've always enjoyed being a lawyer, helping clients. Um, but I think part of what's giving me the fulfillment in this is this. I mean, I've been active in the state and national bar, you know, since the early '80s. Uh, so not too long after I got out of uh, law school, and that sense of uh, giving back to the profession, that sense of me being around talented lawyers from all over the country and having that experience has really been fulfilling in not only my life, but my family's life. Uh, my wife and I have great friends all over the country that but for doing this volunteer, we would have never, we would have never met these people. And I think that part of the thing is to uh, and I come from a, a small firm. We've always been a small firm, and we've always been um, uh, always been uh, committed to giving back to both the bar and the community. Uh, but that sense of fulfillment is something that if we can convince more lawyers in starting in law school and more young lawyers to to participate in that, to take that time and provide more opportunities, you don't have to do this. I mean, this is as. For, being the president of this association has been great, but you know, not everybody's going to do this. I do know that in every every classroom, every group of young lawyers that I talk to, I say the same thing. There is somebody in this room that in the next 20 years is going to be standing up giving this set of remarks to the next generation of lawyers. Because I do believe that. I believe that you have to be open to the possibilities that one thing you do one day, one volunteer effort somewhere, you have to be open to the possibilities that that is not only going to change the person's life that you're helping, that it's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. And I think the, this, our generation has done a pretty good job. This next generation, I think, is, is ready, willing, and able to step up to the plate. And I have great confidence. Is it perfect yet? No. But are we making progress? Did we make? Did we move the needle this year in a number of areas as an association of profession? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Tell, tell me about your your. How did how has your small firm perspective um, been important in your in your leadership perspective? Because I think that that is you know it's it's not that it's unusual that a small firm uh, lawyer becomes president of the ABA, but I think it's. You know, when you look at the numbers, right, 49% of, you know, this is ABA statistics, 49% of lawyers in private practice are solo practitioners, right? And you, in the next 
you know, 24, 26% are in firms of two to five, right? So it's, it's fairly unusual to find somebody who has, you know, the, the capacity, the commitment to, to, to step forward and bring that perspective from a leadership perspective. And so I'm wondering how you, how you reflect now uh, about how that perspective has been part of your leadership journey. Well, I certainly think it, it, it's helped. Uh, it's helped uh, ground, keep me grounded. I, I've never taken myself too seriously, although I, uh, I tried to, you know, learn something every day and, you know, lay awake at night thinking, could I have done this better or differently? But I think that being from a smaller firm, uh, when you're out talking to uh, groups of lawyers, most of them are going to be in that category. And I know what they're going through. I mean, I know the, the day-to-day ups and downs and, and joys and sort of uh, downside of being in a small firm and being part of the fabric of, of a community and being from a rural state that is even, that just sort of amplifies that because you have uh, lawyers volunteer everywhere. Uh, but if you're in a big city, it's sort of that sort of, that shouldn't, but it sort of gets lost in the whole, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things. Uh, if you're in a small town or from a rural state, you see lawyers on every board. You see lawyers coaching mm-hmm. soccer and baseball and refereeing, and they're part of the fabrics, the literal fabrics of their communities. And to to be from that background, uh, I think gives you a better voice when you're talking to uh, those folks. Uh, now, my, you know, I think the association as a whole and the leaders have always done a great job trying to um, assist uh, solo and small firm lawyers, be better lawyers. We've got great tools for that. Uh, we've worked hard over the last several years to expand that. And maybe it was in part because of comments or suggestions that I brought to the table being from that perspective. Uh, and so I, I think that it, it allows you to walk up and say, listen, I get it. now." The larger firm lawyers who have been president, they're empathetic. They do get it. They want to help everybody. Their their job, you're leading this association. You want to help all the members and you want to increase uh, membership. You want to gain more uh, more people so you can help more people, help more clients. And so they get it. But it's it's like when I walk into the room with 50 managing partners of these major law firms, um, I can, I get it because I've been in those discussions. Some of them I know for a long time, but I don't know what it is they're going through managing fifty nine offices or mm-hmm. in thirty countries or whatever it is. I mean, I you empathize, don't. Right? I, I empathize, but I they're like looking at me. What do you know? Yeah. And and I think that now there's a face because there's been this misperception that the ABA is only for big law firms and big and coastal law firms. And that's just not true. A vast number of our members are from solo and small firms. Um, and, but now they know that there's some, you can lead this. Now they know that, number one, leadership is for everybody. It's very diverse across all categories. And they know that there's somebody here that they could pick up the phone and say, 
I, I'm having this issue, how, what, what programs are the ABA running or do you have to help me? They, and they know that I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it is a, it's just a matter of expanding the bandwidth and pushing the envelope that we have all sorts of people who've risen to the top and leadership of this association. This association is a big tent and it is for everybody. No matter what, where you come from, no matter what your practice, no matter what your firm size, no matter what your gender, race, social or sexual orientation, ethnicity, religion, whatever, this is, this association is for them. And I, we have done, I think a better job over the last several years of moving that message in part because of who we've selected to be the president of this association. Mm -hmm. Well, you sit now in the home stretch of your tenure as, as, as president, just a few short weeks, you'll be handing off the baton. Um, you know, you, what's, what, what, what do you, have you had any time to reflect on, on, uh, on the year you've, you've been go, 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 go. And uh, just curious about the personal side of, of, uh, of this type of service commitment to the profession. And, and I'm sure you'll have a, a decompression time at some point here in the, sh- in the near future. And, uh, but you've been on enough airplanes where you probably, you know, get some, get some time to think as well. Uh, yeah. So I've been trying to. Uh, take it one hour at a time, uh, literally. Um, get to the next commitment. Uh, be in the moment for the people that I'm speaking to or having conversations with at the time, and then keep moving. Uh, and I really, I've done some reflection on the planes, but a lot of it is how can I do a better job uh, in the time that's remaining in this term uh, to deliver the message better, trying to learn from every set of remarks. How, how could I make more of an impact on the audience? How can I make this clear? How can we make a broader impact on other issues facing the profession and the judiciary and uh, the, the United States and frankly the world? So mm-hmm. what can you do uh, to move that forward? Um, and I've been very fortunate. Uh, my very small law firm has uh, supported me. I have still practiced law this year. I've still um, uh, not as much as maybe I would have liked because uh, to help my partner out and to help the law firm out and our clients, but I've done some, uh, which is a little unusual for an ABA president. Uh, and um, I think um, I've had a you know great support from my wife, Cindy, uh, it's she hasn't um, because we have two dogs uh, who you know miss us and we miss them we haven't traveled a lot together and plus it's this is this job is sort of like um, being on a a rock band tour without the band <laughs> you're sometimes in multiple cities in a handful of days uh, and she's prefers to go to a location and to you know, sort of be there for a few days, three or four days at a time. And uh, there's times when you're in a city for two hours. Um, so it's been uh, a little difficult uh, at times, but she's been great. Uh, but we've been in this for the whole run. I mean, yeah. I've been, you know, we're going to be 30 four years uh, marriage, but we dated before that. So she, my entire 
career of bar service. Uh, my entire career at my law firm, which I started in 1981, she's been in the picture. And um, it's, she's got a lot of friends in the state bars and in the national bar and people that she's met around the world that this has been a fabulous experience. Um, I'll sit back and reflect later, but we still have three weeks, give or take, yeah. to go. And there's still, still time to more stuff to do. And we're still right. trying to every day look at things and say, how can we, how can we do good today and continue to move the association forward? Well, thank you, Bob, obviously, for your, for your service. I mean, I think anybody who ultimately serves in a service capacity in a leadership role, you know, I think our ultimate goal is to leave the organization better than we found it, right? And I think if uh, if that's the if that's the benchmark for su- success, I I think you should certainly be proud of what you've been able to achieve as in your year as ABA president. And again, there's a lot of people around you. There's an incredible ABA staff, right? This is this is a this is an organization that's committed to to betterment. And you know, while you're the steward of the vision at this point, um, I know it's got to be fulfilling for you to to begin to think about the fact that you. You know, ideally move the needle forward and you're going to leave it a stronger organization than you found it. Yeah, I, you sort of stole my last set of comments, <laughs> but yeah, we do have a great, not only great staff, they're tremendous and they provide a great deal of support, but we have a tremendous number of volunteer members, volunteer lawyer leaders around the country that participate on, like yourself, on working groups, committees, task force, commissions, yeah. the sections that provide the substantive practice. We have so uh, such a great wealth of talent in this association. Uh, we are definitely moving the needle in a number of areas. Do we have more work to do? Yes, but we will uh, continue to do that. Uh, we'll continue to speak out where it's necessary in defense of the not only the profession, not only the judiciary, but in defense of due process and rule of law both in this country and around the world. Uh, that's what the association has been doing. I'm fortunate enough to be the 142nd president. We've been doing this for 142 years, three years, um, and we're gonna keep doing it. So thanks for your time. I appreciate all that you've done and all that Alps has done as a company to support the organized bar. Bob, it's been fun. I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes on a late Friday afternoon at the conclusion of our Alps Bar Leaders Retreat. Again, Bob's been a, a great friend of, of mine and, and our organization, and uh, we, we thank him for his uh, service and, and leadership of, of this great profession. So thank you, Bob. Thank you. Appreciate it, Chris. That will conclude our Alps in Brief uh, podcast. If you have any thoughts uh, or suggestions, uh, please let us know for future topics. And, uh, and that's it. Have a great weekend. Thanks.